Today is the second day of Passover, and I'm taking time off to celebrate the holiday and be with my family during this holy time. So I'm re-airing our Passover episode from last year, and believe me, the teachings are just as relevant as ever. As our world struggles with devastation, the likes of which we haven't seen since World War II, Passover reminds us that no matter how bad things may seem, God is still on the throne. With God, anything is possible. He hears our prayers and he can bring about salvation in the blink of an eye. I hope that you enjoy this teaching about the miracle of the splitting of the sea, and I pray that we see more miracles in our world very soon. Amen. Shalom from here in the Holy Land. Welcome to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. I'm your host, Yael Eckstein, President and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. Each week, we'll explore the Jewish roots of your Christian faith and nourish those roots with inspirational insights and ancient teachings that are so relevant to our lives today. Let's get started. Today, I'm so excited to bring you a special episode on the holiday of Passover. If you are listening to this episode on the day that it airs, then it is the first day of Passover, a week-long holiday and a truly magical time. Passover is a holiday that is important for both Christians and Jews. It commemorates the exodus from Egypt, a key event in the Bible, and it is the fulfillment of God's biblical directive to commemorate this event every single year. It's also the holiday when we hold the holy Passover meal known as the Seder, which of course is what Jesus was doing when he held the Last Supper with his disciples. On today's episode, we're going to explore the climactic moment in the Exodus story when the Israelites were sandwiched between the Egyptians and the Red Sea and then miraculously the sea split. I'm going to share a glimpse behind the scenes of the story we all know based on ancient Jewish teachings and traditions that Jesus would have been familiar with as well. Through these teachings, which have been passed down from generation to generation, we will come to a new understanding of what exactly caused this sea to split, and how can we harness that power to overcome huge obstacles we have in our lives today and see miracles. If you've been following this podcast, you know that each week we focus on a teaching from the weekly Torah portion that is read and studied by Jews around the world each week. However, this week, instead of reading the next chapters in the Bible, Jews read portions from the Bible that are relevant to the holiday of Passover and the story of Exodus. This is part of celebrating Passover. So today, we will focus on one of those verses from this section. Our verses today are from Exodus chapter 14, verses 15 to 16. This verse describes the critical moments when the Israelites were seized with panic just before God split the sea. Can you imagine that? At that critical moment, the Egyptians stood behind the nation of Israel, and according to Jewish tradition, God placed wild animals to the left and right of the Israelite encampment. They had nowhere else to go but forward, into the sea. And this is right after they were finally freed. The whole amazing story of their freedom from Egypt led them 
to this, what they thought was going to be drowned in the sea. And then the verse reads, Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff, stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. If you've ever seen the famous movie, The Ten Commandments, this is the moment that we all remember when Moses, played by Charlton Heston, stands on a cliff with the anxious Israelite standing behind him as he dramatically speaks of the greatness of God and then parts the sea. This is very nice for the movie. However, according to Jewish tradition, the scene played out pretty different. The Jewish sages taught that when it became clear that the Israelites needed to go through the sea, no one wanted to be the first to enter the raging waters. It was scary. It was terrifying. They thought they were going to drown. And so they stood paralyzed with fear as the wild waves crashed on the shore. And suddenly, a man named Nachshon, who's mentioned in Exodus 6 as the brother of Aaron's wife, Elisheva, stepped out in faith. Literally, he stepped into the sea and he kept walking. He didn't look at what was impossible. He knew that nothing was impossible for God. And he knew that God loved his people and wanted only the best. And so the Jewish sages described how Nachshon stepped into the sea and didn't stop walking. When the water reached his knees and the waters hadn't yet split, he kept his faith and he kept going. Soon the water reached his waist, but he didn't get scared. He just kept going. Then the water reached his neck, but his faith still did not weaken. He kept on going. And then we learn that when the water reached Nachshon's nostrils, God spoke to Moses, with the words we just read. And he said to him, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. And that, my friends, was the moment that the Red Sea parted. The Jewish sages explained that the sea didn't part and consequently the Israelites walked through it. No, no, no. It was the other way around. One Israelite stepped out in faith and walked into the sea. He told God, I believe in you. I know what you want is to see my faith in you. I believe you want miracles to happen. I believe you didn't take us out of Egypt just to drown us here. I believe that the sea will part. And you know what happened? When he walked into the sea, strong in his faith, the sea parted. It was Nachshon's act of faith that caused the sea to split. It was his deep trust in God, his deep trust that God loves his people, wants the best for his people, that led God to do a miracle and split the sea. What an incredible lesson about faith. Maybe God is waiting for us to take that first step of faith 
And then he'll follow along just like he did to Nachshon. Sometimes we sit and deliberate and we pray about an action that we might take. We may even know in our heart that it's the right thing to do, but yet we still hesitate. Should I do it or not? Will I be successful or not? Will the money be there to support me or not? Is the timing right or not? We're always doubting ourselves. We're always saying, this is a great opportunity. I know what I should do. I should just do it. If not, now when? Or not. And it's that or not that's bringing us down. It's like we're waiting around for the seas to part so that we can easily walk through. However, Nachshon teaches us the deepest lesson that if we wait for the conditions to be just right, we might miss our chance or wait forever. Instead, we need to step out in faith, even into stormy waters, with the faith that God will be with us, that he will not abandon us, that he will help us. In modern day Hebrew, I love this. There's a term it's where people in Israel say to somebody who's scared or nervous or not taking the step that they should, which means go and be a pioneer, be a person that takes action. How cool is that? That in Israel, the language reflects the stories of the Bible. I remember one time I was standing with my kids and we went on a special vacation and we were going to do a zip line. And my husband was hesitating to jump off the zip line. He was all connected. He was all safe and secure. And he, it's something he wanted to do. But he was getting a little bit nervous looking down at that huge, huge, huge valley below him. And the person who tied him up to the zip line yelled out to him, Bitanachshoni. <laughs> I love that. And I said, oh my gosh. How cool that in Israel, the land that the Bible comes alive, even the words and terms we use are reflective of this. What that meant was take the first step, know that you're safe, and believe that God will help you, just like Nachshon. What Nachshon teaches us is that there is a time to pray, and that's wonderful. But then there's also a time to take action. When we act according to our faith, miracles can happen. Now let's read our verses again, this time with a new understanding of how these events unfolded. Then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. What God was telling Moses was that the time for prayer had passed. Of course, never let prayer leave your heart. But now transform that into action. Only then would the sea split. There's a time where you sit back and you pray to God. But then there's a time that what God is saying is, I'm waiting for you to act. I am behind you. This event, as I just explained to you now, is echoed 40 years later when Joshua led the Israelites across the Jordan into the Holy Land. In Joshua chapter 3, it describes how first the priests entered the Jordan River, and only then did the river split so that the people could walk through. It's as though God were saying, if you want to enter the promised land, you need to be willing to walk in faith. Let's say that again so it really goes deep down into our soul 
And we can put this very, very personally on our life. Let's read that again. If you want to enter the promised land, you need to be willing to walk in faith. Today, there are times that we're all called to step out in faith. And how we respond to that call or don't respond can impact our lives and our destiny. For me personally, the most significant events in my life have all required leaps of faith. Uh, I'll give you a few examples. One of the biggest one is when I made Aliyah, when I moved to Israel. This was definitely one of the greatest steps of faith that I ever took. I was a newlywed. My husband and I just got married and we were living in New Jersey um, and we had no plans to make Aliyah to move to Israel. We had our whole life actually planned out for us in America. I was going to be a teacher. I was going to continue my teaching job that I had throughout college. Uh, My husband was working on Wall Street. He was going to finish law school. And we got married June 21st and it was early July when we both felt God just speak to our heart. And what we heard were those words that he said to Abraham, Lech lecha me'artzecha, leave the land that you know, the family you know, the language you know, the culture you know, and go to the land that I will show you. This is something that was hard. It was hard to hear. It didn't make sense for us to go. There would be so many hardships ahead that we had to leave behind everything we knew, all of this security, for unknown, a language that we didn't speak, a future that we didn't have planned. But we heard God saying this, and we had a choice, that we either take this leap of faith and put all of our plans behind us and move forward making new plans and believe that God is behind us, or to shut out the voice of God. And so, thank God, we made the decision together because of our faith to move to Israel, to listen to that voice, despite it looking crazy. But you know what? We have never looked back. I can see that that was the turning point in my life for so many blessings that if I wouldn't have taken that crazy step that also came with hardships, the blessings that I have prayed for my entire life wouldn't have come to fruition. I have four beautiful children here. My husband and I have found the most amazing communities. And yes, it was hard to learn the language, but you know what? We did it. And yes, it was hard to get our lives settled here, but we did it. And that feeling, like Nachshon, of stepping in and having God split the sea is the only way that I could describe it. That we took the first step of moving to Israel and then God opened up everything else in front of us. Like Joshua and the Israelites, we had to take a step of faith before we could enter the Holy Land. When you think about it, the truth is the most important things in our life require leaps of faith in order for them to happen, whether we are aware of it or not. Getting married, how do we know that it will work out? So many questions of, will this be the right choice, the right person? And the truth is that sometimes it doesn't work out. People have to take that leap of faith a second time. But we get married because we have faith that it can work out. 
and that with God's help, our marriage can become the greatest blessing in our lives. That within all of the hardships, that marriage will bring us more blessing than we could have ever imagined. Having children, it sounds crazy in a certain way. It's going to be more responsibility. It's going to be more money. It's going to be very busy. You're going to be tired. And who even knows if the future looks bright or not? But bringing children into the world is a leap of faith. It means we believe that God will take care of us and give us the strength to care for them and that he will take care of them to provide them with all the tools they need to have a good life. And so many other things, like taking a new job or moving to a new place. Think about it. Chances are the best things that have happened in your life required leaps of faith. What a shame it is that all too often we hold back. And instead of taking an important step, we opt for what is comfortable, known, and familiar. When we do that, we miss out on so many wonderful things that God has planned for our lives that he wants to give us if only we would take that first step. Now, I know that it can be scary. It could be terrifying to step into the unknown. But I've also seen that every time I know that God has me called to do something and I do it, even though it means stepping out of my comfort zone, the most amazing things have happened. I'll give you an example just from the fellowship. Right when Corona happened, Corona just started and so much was unknown. The pandemic was unlike anything we have ever experienced in our lifetime. And when it began, everything seemed so uncertain. Yet I looked around and I saw that there were elderly who were suffering, who were homebound, who were scared, who didn't have food. And at the fellowship, we didn't know what to expect regarding if people would continue donating or not. But in a way, that wasn't even an issue. We felt called by God to care for his people now when they needed us. And as soon as Corona began and the elderly phone calls begging for food in Israel started pouring in, we decided to trust God to take a leap of faith. And I stood up, must have sounded crazy, and committed $20 million to help as many elderly as we could with food. And you know what? God did not let us down. We saw levels of blessing this past year that are nothing short of miraculous. Our goal was to help 1.4 million people. We helped over 2.1 million people at the fellowship. I believe that we would not have seen that level of blessing had we not been willing to demonstrate that level of faith. What I learned from this is that when we take steps to make the world a better place, just as God has called us to do, he will respond by helping us in ways we could have never imagined. What he wants to see is that we really want it. We really want to perform his will. We're really stepping out with a pure heart. And then he wants to shower blessings on us. There is no getting around it. If we want to see the maximum amount of blessing in our lives, we need to act with the maximum amount of faith. 
We need to be willing to be uncomfortable and to do what is right, even when we are unsure of how things will turn out. This plays out in our lives in many ways, with big things and seemingly small things like picking up the phone and making an uncomfortable phone call that we know we should make, or taking time out of our busy day for prayer, Bible study, or acts of kindness. And of course, faith plays a large role in the big things, like getting married, making big life changes, and these days, even going to the supermarket can be a huge demonstration of faith. Has God placed a calling on your heart right now? Are you greeting it with faith, with prayer, and with action? In the book of Habakkuk, chapter 2, verse 4, we read, The righteous shall live by his faith. That means that we must live by faith. Our decisions and actions must come from a place of faith. But it also means that through our faith, God will grant us life. When we demonstrate our faith in God, he will respond by blessing our lives. And so, my friends, this week as we observe the holiday of Passover, We will celebrate the many miracles that God has done in the past and that he continues to do for us today. That's literally what that blessing that we say means. We celebrate the many miracles that God has done in the past as well as for us today. Yet it's also a time to reflect on faith and how acting in faith, just like Nachshon, brings about blessings and even miracles. I hope that you feel encouraged by today's podcast and by the story of Nachshon, whose faith parted the sea. Whatever God has placed on your heart, I pray that you have the strength, the wisdom to respond with faith, and that in return, God blesses you abundantly. Shavuot Tov, my friends. Have a wonderful week from here in the Holy Land. Thank you for listening to the Nourish Your Biblical Roots podcast. If you like what you have heard, visit me at mybiblicalroots.org for more of my teachings, videos, blogs, and books. You can also follow me on Instagram at yael underscore Eckstein or on Facebook at yael Eckstein. Shalom and see you next week.